Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. culture today normally you kind of go wow 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 that's what i'm gonna say you don't even know what episode it is so i guess you can't do the intro yeah you have to do it <laughs> all right it's uh episode 22 even though on my notes i wrote 21 for some reason i don't know why i did that um we actually already technically have this episode recorded jj last weekend we mm-hmm. reviewed um a game we mm-hmm. want to do the watch along um, I guess we'll talk about that when we get to section two. So let's start about this week, uh, things that we talked about previously or things that we talked about off air. Um, we talked about this last week, I believe. So go ahead, mm-hmm. tell us about story one. This was from uh, MLB on Fox. With his two-run shot off Ross Detweiler. Very good. Albert Pujols set the MLB record with home runs off of 400 50 different pitchers. And I think last time we talked about it, it was 449, so it it wasn't particularly a big surprise that uh, he managed to beat the record. I knew it was coming at some point fairly soon, and um, yeah. You should probably retire there then. Oh, no, 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 no. He's trying to get to 700 home runs, and um, for some reason, I had it on my notes, and I just accidentally closed my notes. Off different pitchers? No, 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 total. Total. It's total number of home runs that's kind of important. And I think he's on 694. Yeah, he's, he, well, at time of me taking my notes, when he broke the, that record, uh, he's on 694 home runs. That's weird, yeah. It's also so many different pitches. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it it's helped. It's how old he is. He it probably is. had tons of different pitchers in his The other thing that career. helped him was he started for the Cardinals, which is a National League team, and then he moved to the Angels, which is an American League team. So he got to face different pitches. Of course, you can... Pitchers can move from one league to another as well. But he definitely got to face some other ones. Now, section two. This started off from a t-shirt that I bought. I bought some... I was looking to get some baseball t-shirts. I got a lot of wrestling t-shirts. I was like, I want some cool baseball t-shirts. So I just kind of looked at different designs. Mm -hmm. And I saw this one for the Baltimore Terrapins. And I was like, oh, I kind of like it. I knew it was baseball, but I didn't really know too much about it. It sounds like a college team. Well, we know that the University of Maryland is a Terrapins, for sure. Yeah, but it sounds it sounds like it would be like a college It team. does, because it's the, like the mascot of the name at the end. Yeah. Anyway, so you asked me about it, and I was like, I don't exactly know. So I was like, let me look it up. And we looked it up, and it was part of the Federal League. And then, of course, you didn't know what the Federal League was. So I was like, well, perfect. So we'll talk a little bit about the Federal League, and then um, you can tell us a little bit more about some of this. Actually, you're going to start us off. Uh, actually, no, I'm going to start us off. The Federal League of Baseball Clubs, known simply as the Federal League, was an American professional baseball league that played its first season as a minor league in 1913 and operated as the third major league in competition with the National and American Leagues from 1914 to 1915. Wait, so then how would they decide who would go to the World Series then? Well, they wouldn't have been part of that, because that was just the National League versus the American League. And at that point, the National League and American League, they didn't used to play each other. It wasn't until 1903 that they first decided to play each other for the World Series. And actually in 1904, I'm trying to remember which way around it is, the National League refused to play. 
So it was supposed to be the Red Sox and Why? I think the Giants because they knew the Red Sox were going to win. Woohoo, go Red Sox. Uh, yeah, no, they refused to play. Um, playing in what detractors called it the Outlaw League, I have heard that term before, it allowed players to avoid the restrictions of the reserve clause. You remember how people couldn't move from one team to another even if their contract ended? They yeah. didn't have that in the Federal League. The competitor of another better paying league caused players' salaries to skyrocket, demonstrating the bargaining potential of free agency for the first time. Interference by the National and American Leagues in their operation caused the Federal League to fold after 1915. The Federal League did leave its mark in baseball history, though, as the field now known as Wrigley Field was originally built for the Chicago Whales Federal League team. I did not know that side of that story at all. So I thought that was, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. All right, Gigi, tell us a little bit more. Oh, yeah, Dad, I would yeah. have gone the, to the Federal League if they didn't um, make it born. so you couldn't... Um, Go back to the. Um, I thought American I heard that. I didn't when I was looking in my notes. I didn't find that anywhere. I know there were threats like, "Yeah, you join the federal league, you're not coming back to the national league." Um, I think in the end it was kind of waived and players did go back. But that was certainly um, a decision for players to make, uh, with there being more. Yeah, money. maybe if that wasn't there, then I would have gone. Uh huh. And players didn't used to earn very much because they mm -hmm. used to often have to take like a second job. Uh, in the well, after the season finished, people would often go back to their regular jobs. So yeah, the chance to earn more money. They might not need to do that, so you can understand people doing that. Mm -hmm. The Federal League consisted of eight teams. Each season, four of the teams were placed in cities with existing Major League Baseball teams. Chicago, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and Brooklyn. The other four teams were placed in areas without a current Major League club. Baltimore, Buffalo... Minneapolis and Kansas City. So, with the exception of Buffalo, all those places actually have... Actually, Brooklyn doesn't have a team anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, they lost their team, uh, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, so that was where the Baltimore um, Terrapins came from. In order for the Federal League to succeed, it needed big league players. Walter Johnson signed a three-year contract with the Chicago team, but the Senators Clark Griffith Mm -hmm. went personally to John's home in Kansas and made successful counter-offer. Now, that would have been a really big name if the Federal League could have got Walter Johnson, but um, he liked playing for Washington, and uh, yeah, Clark Griffith was good by him in the end. Um, it also mentions there were some big names that did switch, though. Uh, Joe Tinker uh, managed the Chicago team, and Mordecai Brown managed the St. Louis team. Uh, they were from uh, both former Cubs. So they did get they did get some they were more managers I think than players actually I think they were player managers if I can uh, uh, if I remember correctly. Besides getting some big names to switch, That's what I just read, I stole, I stole your piece a little bit. Um, I realized my oh there is at least one achievement and note that happened in Federal League play. Uh, Eddie Plank, pitching for the St. Louis Terriers, won his milestone 300th game in 1915 with St. Louis Hadlands Park, becoming the first 300-game winning left-hander in the history of Major League Baseball. Um, MLB didn't recognize that record until 1968, though, because, on, he because he was in the Federal League. Come now, on, MLB. I was hoping Could've you were, were going to recognize that name, but I didn't hear I any... Did. I put a ball on top of his brain. Ah, you did remember Eddie Plank. Okay. I forgot where. I think it was all the way on the left. Oh, you remember, forgot where you put it on his grief? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you forgot it's the name of the, the place. It's all the left or all the way on the right. I don't remember that. It was in Gettysburg. I do remember oh, that yeah, part. It's on the other... It's 
the apartments are behind it. <laughs> they were. We yeah. saw an old picture, and that kind of helped us. Uh, a picture of the grave, and that helped us to find the yeah. the place a little so bit. So you go around that part, and then mm -hmm. that's where I put my ball. Uh -huh. I think it's like all the way on the left. You want to tell us the teams? Obviously, we've got the Terrapins. The Brooklyn Tip Tops, the Buffalo Blues, the Chicago Whales, Cleveland Green Sox, Green Covington. Sox sounds really weird. Yeah. I know we have White Sox and Red Sox, but Green Sox. Covington socks. Blue Sox, uh -huh. Indianapolis Hoosiers, uh -huh. the Kansas City Packers, the New York Peppers, the Pittsburgh Rebels, and the St. Louis Terriers. And it also mentioned that the Buffalo Blues were initially known as the Buffeds. A lot of the team were known as the name of the city. The Buffets. And then, and then, the, <laughs> and then the Feds afterwards to, to show that they were in the Federal League. So the Buffalo team would have probably been the Buffalo Feds. And that happened for a lot of the teams. I'm guessing it was saying Chicago Feds. Uh, it said actually they were initially known as the Federals or the Keelys. I don't know what Keelys is. I should have looked that one up. I didn't notice it. Um, I didn't notice that one. So anyway, that's where... That's where those came from. I'm kind of interested in the Federal League. I kind of realized I've never read a book on the Federal League. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a documentary on the Federal League. Mm -hmm. Unless it was on Ken Burns' Baseball, and I watched those a Who's long, that? long time. Uh, he did a nine-part series on PBS about the history of baseball. It was really good. And um, he did cover the early times, but it's, it's a long... It's probably 20 years since I've seen it. So I might have to go back and check that out. But no, normally it's just like the player went to the Federal Leagues or nearly went to the... And, that, and that's the end of the story. So yeah, it's nothing I, nothing I know really more. I do want to kind of look up some of the logos, though. Because I, like I like the Maryland Terrapins. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. The thing I did look up afterwards as well, JJ, is they were the Terrapins before Maryland University was the Terrapins as well. Mm -hmm. So they didn't steal it from uh, Wait, the did college. the Maryland steal it from them? Kind of. That was often teams or pick names from uh, former things. Or like major league ones? Sometimes. So this is normally where we would do our review. Um, but this time we're not going to. We're going to keep it separate because it's kind of long. Um, we did five 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 review because somebody told us that Little League games are five innings long. We eventually six, found six, out eight. they're six innings, but hey. Um, the 999 challenge was supposedly nine beers, nine hot dogs, and nine innings. You wanted to do something similar, but obviously not beer. So um, we did five oh, yeah. root beers Dad, or Dad ginger was going ales to look up and the five hot dogs for non-alcoholic in uh, five innings. So um, we were just going to record one inning and then talk about the game. Anyway, we ended up recording the whole game. So um, it went about an hour and a half. So I think what we'll do is we'll put that out as a separate episode later in the week. And um, <laughs> we just had fun doing it. I'm not sure people necessarily want to listen to it, but we had fun doing it. Um, I didn't know until later. Mommy said that you don't eat peanuts at all. I did not know that. I don't, I've never seen you eat peanuts, but I didn't know you didn't like them. I just thought it was, like, not a favorite food. I didn't know you just hated peanuts, so. Oh, well, never mind. Anyway, let's move on to our, let's go to the next segment then, which is our update segment. So, um, Coppin State, we've got some baseball news, JJ, even though we're kind of in the off-season right now. So, what did Coach say? They said, great day to be an Eagle, big time, 2024 RHP. What's RHP? I don't know. Right-handed pitcher uh -huh. from F from Maryland said he's in. Future is looking bright. It is, and one of the other coaches said the same thing, a similar thing as well. Just landed a big time 2024 pitcher from Maryland. Now I don't know if that means that's the year they're supposed to graduate from high school, or if that's the year they're joining the team, or I think I'm it's not... probably the year they're joining college. 
I'm not sure. On the team. That would probably make sense. So it won't be the next team. It'll be the one well, the one after that. But that's good that they got some signings in there. All right, Orioles. Tell us how the Orioles did and who they got upcoming. All right, they lost against the Guardians somehow, <laughs> which should not happen. They they won against the Guardians four to nothing, and they won three to. Nothing against the Guardians. Back-to-back shutouts. That's pretty good. It was in Cleveland as well. Yeah, fifth. They won five to two against Oakland, and they have two games. And there's also the game on Saturday, and they did actually win that game as well. So they've actually won four in a row right now. Okay. All right. Who they got upcoming? They have a four, um, day, um, four game set against the Toronto Blue Jays, and Mm -hmm. they have a three game set against. The Red Sox. Ooh, now, right now, I think you're a game and a half outside the wild card. So Toronto is one of the people who have one of those wild cards right now. Um, Boston's trying to get back in, but I think they're probably a little too far out of it right now. But yeah, some no, big, no, no, no. those are big games to try and catch up. Now, it's unfortunate, while you keep winning, all the other teams above you keep winning as well. So mm-hmm. um, I know we're going to do the, uh, yeah, the Red Sox better. one in a second. But, so last night, all three teams in the wild card won. Uh, Orioles won and the Red Sox won, so effectively it wasn't, didn't make any difference and didn't gain any ground at all. Um, I'm from ESPN. Gunnar Henderson doubled twice in his home debut as the Baltimore Orioles beat the Oakland A's 5-2 on Friday night after Adley Rutschman had put the Orioles in front with a bases-loaded walk as a pinch hitter in the eighth. Uh, we have it a lot of confidence sept- right now, Rushman said. We have a lot of confidence in each other, in the coaches, in the whole staff, just knowing that we have each other's backs. Uh, Dean Kramer also pitched six solid innings for Baltimore, which improved to 70-61, and 61, reaching nine games over 500 for the first time since May 20th, 2017. So the Orioles have not been as good as this in over five years, so that's pretty impressive as well. All right, how about the Red Sox? They had a Wait, can we watch the, um, the Oakland game? Today, um, September 4th. Yeah, I say we got MLB TV. It's out. Labor Day weekend. We can watch that this afternoon, sure. Okay, so they lost 4 2 against Minnesota. <sighs> they lost 10 to 5 against Minnesota. <sighs> Not a good start for the week. They won 6 to 5. They lucked it. <laughs> they lucked it. <laughs> Michael Walker's 10 and 1. Like, they he's lucked a great it. pitcher. They <laughs> lucked okay, it. Okay, all right, keep going. Oh, yeah. I Tell think us about that Texas They have a series. losing record. They do, yes. They but do. they're coming back. They're coming 66 back. 66 to 68. That's because they swept uh, Texas. Yeah. Uh, they won 9. 9 to 8, 9 to 1, 5 to 3. And actually, um, oh, yeah. I, I was actually watching the end of Saturday's oh, game. Oh, yeah. They, so that's um, four in a row. There's also a Texas game they're playing today as well. They have to Hopefully they up. lose that. Now, you might That'd actually be, be rooting for the Red Sox because the third wild card is currently held by Tampa Bay. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the Red Sox are actually playing okay, Tampa I Bay. Okay, I want them to win Monday. I want, to win, I want them to win on the 5th, the 6th, and the 7th. Now, I was wondering... And to lose on the 9th, the 10th, and the 11th. <laughs> now, the, the games are actually in Baltimore. Um, I thought you yeah, might actually read out go. some of the names. Um... In a second, hold on, let me figure that out. I thought you might mention a pitching. Uh, Bello is facing Voth. I think they're both rookies, if I'm... Uh, well, Bello's certainly a rookie. Uh, Crawford versus Watkins, and uh, Michael Walker versus Lyles. Uh, Walker's 10-1, as we said. Now, actually, at the start, I meant to add this into my notes, and I forgot. I'd say we do that first. The news one. that we had, because we talked about fall ball last week, and I asked you how mm-hmm. training went. You actually attended training with a broken leg, and we didn't even realize you had a broken leg. It's not cracked. 
So what happened then? What exactly did the doctor say this week? It said that it compressed in. Uh huh. They call it a buckle fracture, which I have to admit I'd never heard of a buckle fracture before. So that was why you could walk around, but it well you could walk around. It was just difficult to run, right, or to jump or anything like that. So yeah, doctor said six weeks, no jumping, no running, no sports, no PE, no baseball. So we kind of got to take it a little easy. You have crutches, but you don't really need them if you're only doing light walking. So that's one of the problems right now. Like if you go to a stadium like Baltimore, you got a long walk to get to the stadium. And then once you're inside, you got to walk all around the stadium. And then would you really, I don't feel safe walking up those seats. Well, I guess you wouldn't do it with, with that distance, you'd need crutches. But then walking up steps would be difficult with crutches. I don't know, JJ. I think it's just going to be watching on TV for, for a little bit. The only games, games we can go to... We can go to a minor league game because they're a lot closer. So in terms of the park into the stadium, so we could do that. And the one I also forgot to mention was while I was researching the Federal League, there's actually um, a league called the Federal League in Northern Virginia, and their playoffs are actually starting this weekend, I believe. Yeah, we one go of the teams <laughs> we could. Like you won't know any of the players or anything, but if you just wanted to watch a baseball game, mm -hmm. uh, we could do that. Um, and yeah. there is a team um, like they have local names. Like there's one team with uh, Potomac. The funniest one, I can't remember exactly what it was called. It was called something like the Nova Backups or the Nova Ghost Lows or something. Basically, it was making fun of the traffic in D.C., which I thought was kind of funny. Um, one of the playoffs I saw is Nova near Dulles Pokes. International. Maybe the Nova Slowpokes. I can't remember what it was. Be a good name. It, it might have been like the Backups or the jams traffic jam it was a funny name um, it should be the slow thing i did see one of the games has been held at a high school near dulles international it's about 40 minutes away so we could we could do that i did mean to tell you that so if you want to see baseball we can it's just obviously you can't run around and um do stuff like you would normally do with those things um carrying on with the red Sox, uh, espn this is from espn uh, connor wong hit his first major league homer and the boston red Sox overcame an early inning to stop early injury, sorry, to starting pitcher Nick Pavetta to beat Texas 9-1 Friday night. The Rangers' season-worst sixth straight loss. Oh, spoiler Wait, alert. Dad, they took the seventh the Orioles, one on Saturday. The Orioles and the um, Red Sox have a game at the exact same time. Yeah, they're playing each other. No. <laughs> no. Oh, like 105? Today. Oh, well, that's kind of standard. On Sunday, they normally 135 and 135 on Sunday is pretty standard, yeah. Uh, Pavetta exited with a bruised left calf after getting hit by Leody Tavares' comeback in the third. Yeah, that was pretty frustrating. I felt pretty good tonight, said Pavetta, who leads the staff with 27 starts. He was the only member of the rotation who hadn't missed a start this season. Uh, Chris Aylwin was out for a while. Um, after the game, though, he wasn't sure if he would make his next start. So, obviously, that's not particularly good news for the Red Sox as well. This week in sports, so I found a, a few a few stories we're going to do. Um, go ahead, tell us about this one. I couldn't believe this story when I saw this one. The one hundred one mile per hour split fingered sinker, the splinker that Minnesota. You like that? I'd never even heard of a splinker. I was like, what is what a is splinker? It? I had to look on another What's a article. Split fingered. Split fingered is when you kind of. I'm showing Jay now what a split finger like is a as you hold them. Kind of. I think that's the split fingered. It makes sense, right? Your fingers are split apart. Mm -hmm. Normally you kind of put them together. Mm -hmm. So it's a norm, it's a type of fastball, except he threw it into a sinker. So he normally they're slower pitches. He threw one at 101 miles an hour. I'm like, what? So I never even heard of the splinker. The splinker, splinker that Minnesota Twins rookie Johan Duran 
-hmm. through to Alex Verdugo on Monday, August 29th. The first off-speed pitch in MLB history to be to be over 100 miles per hour. Now, I heard Shohei Itani has a new pitch as well. He has a sinker. That's like 98 miles an hour as well. So he's pretty close, actually. Um, you actually got the first oh, yeah, name watching... correct, but the second name incorrect. I thought you'd get Duran. I thought the other one, J-H-O-A-N. I'm like, jo- you're going to struggle on that one. Jo- it is. It's Joanne. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like, I guess it's like John, kind of, but it's kind of like the Latin American equivalent of that. But yeah, you did well on pronouncing that one. Um, oh yeah, I was watching YouTube. Okay. Um, and I was watching a high school um pitcher versus like a D one softball hitter. Okay. And he was throwing ninety six mile per hour um um splitters. Okay. Um, and I forgot, but some major league players were trying to hit against him, and they were striking out. I've seen people before throw wiffle balls to uh, mm-hmm. pros. Have you ever seen how much the wiffle ball moves? Yeah. Okay, they're absolutely I saw crazy. a knuckleball, and it was, like, insane move. Knuckleball is really like, cool. Th- it's it tough was for just the catcher, spinning. Though. It was like yeah. corkscrews. No, of. there's, like, no spin on a knuckleball. Yeah. It's the exact opposite. You don't want any spin, and then the ball kind of wobbles. Yeah, but the catcher it kind of goes, like, well. in a circle. Uh-huh. Like a corkscrew it's, with no Oh, spin. I see what you mean. Yeah, how it travels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, tell us about some of his stats then. According to the baseball, Savant Mm -hmm. leads the major league in several categories this year, including an average splitter speed of 96.2 miles per hour, an average of 100.7 miles per hour for his four seam, and his curveball is second in baseball. At an average of 87.7. His fastball averages over 100. Like, we get excited if somebody throws 100. His average fastball is over 100. It's like, man. He can definitely at least throw 100, too, if he, now, if he threw it really hard. What I was wondering about then, when I saw this, I was like, how the heck do I not know who this player is then? This guy's throwing 100 miles an hour with slow pitches? I'm like, what the heck? So I started looking him up. Uh, Duran signed with the Arizona Diamondbacks as an international free agent in December 2014. He made his professional debut in 2015 with the Dominican Summer League Diamondbacks. Uh, In 2018, he was traded to the Minnesota Twins. He was added to the Twins' 40-man roster in November 2019, but he didn't play a minor league game because of COVID. Like, oh. Um, On June 21st, 2021, Duran was shut down by Minnesota due to an elbow strain. So that's the reason why we hadn't heard of him. Like, he transferred, he'd been playing in different leagues, uh, COVID hit, and then he had an arm injury. But, um, yeah, he's obviously back if he's throwing 100-mile slow pitches. Uh, It was crazy. The movement on that ball, normally 100-mile-an-hour fastballs, it's like, vroom, it goes straight there. This thing was just diving. It's like, there's no... Yeah, I felt sorry for Alex Verdugo. You probably laughed because it was against the Red Sox, but he... That's what I thought. All right, story two. Tell us about your boy. Tell us about Shohei. We don't know. Sports reported this week. Shohei Otani currently leads the Angels outright in both play appearances and innings pitched this season. The last time will be player to lead his team outright in both play and appearances and innings pitched in the same season was Jim Devlin. Mm-hmm. Of the Louisville Grays in 1876. Now, that wasn't even the Major Leagues at that time. So he's actually the only person in Major League history to do that. I believe that's true. Um, I don't think that was the Major Leagues at that time. Or perhaps it was close. It is close. Now, I looked up... I Jim... think, like, the National League was later than that. 
I, that was the first one. I think you're right. I think so. I, that was not even like. I think like it was just like not even like minor leagues. Uh huh. Now. So you, people were just playing that. I think you're right. I and I know you often ask about people, so I was like, I have no idea who Jim Devlin is. So I looked him up. He's actually a really interesting character. Uh, Jim Devlin started his major league career in 1873 and was the Louisville Grays pitcher in 1876 and 1877. In 1876, he had a win-loss record of 30 and 35, so not particularly good. He had more losses than wins, um, but an earned run average of 1.56. Actually, I'm going to take that back. His team sucked at batting. <laughs> like he's, if he's only giving up one and a half runs a game and he's losing more games than he's winning, um, the Louisville Gray is not very good at batting. Um, while leading the league in complete games, innings pitched, and strikeouts, in 1877 he went 35 and 25 with a 2.25 ERA, and again led the league in complete Wait, games so and innings pitched. He lead he led them in the pitching triple crown then? I, I guess so. I've never really heard of it referred to as a pitching triple crown, but that makes kind of sense. Different things. Complete games, like you don't really see that very often now. Um, it happens a little bit. That guy from uh, the Marlins is doing it. Hey, Sandy Dad, if Alcantara, it's like, I think his name is. If it's a perfect game or a no-hitter, they're definitely keeping him in. Now, this record I'm going to read to you next. I'm glad we got a little gap here. This record will never be broken. Like, right. I always talk about Johnny Vandermeer's back-to-back uh, -back, uh, no-hitters. Like, that record will never be beaten because you need to do three. This one's never get. This one will never never get beaten he started and competed completed each of the greys 61 games an accomplishment no other mlb pitchers pitcher is in all right somebody can possibly do that he pitched every game he finished every game so no relief pitchers yeah now it was a shorter season admittedly but every one of the 61 games he pitched every inning of the whole season they that's can. insane somebody probably can do that uh somebody might be able to pitch 61 games possibly but no one will be able to pitch every single game but no, every yeah, inning they can. there's no way yeah they can't your arm would drop off that's crazy Anyway, as amazing that was, there's more to the story of Jim Demlin. After the games of August 13th, uh, the Grays were in first place by four games over St. Louis and four and a half over Boston, with a record of 27 wins and 13 losses, and with some 20 games left to play. They then commenced a nine-game winless streak, as in they lost, and eventually lost the championship to Boston. They won six of their last seven, Dude. making their record 35 and 25 to look reasonable, but those wins came after Boston had clinched the, Red the, pre sucks. <laughs> clinched the pre uh, pennant. Club president Charles E. Chase. Now, that made me wonder. You know Chase Bank? I wonder if that was yeah. the same person who was Chase. I don't know. It might be. Uh, received telegrams informing him of suspicious gambling activity involving the team. He started an investigation, and Devlin and Hall confessed to throwing several exhibition games late in the season, with Devlin receiving up to $100 a game. you got to remember, 1876? That's a lot of money, $100. They were probably betting, like, millions. Well, they wouldn't have had millions. Like, now. They were, oh, equivalent to? Could be. On October 30th, Craver, Devlin, Hall, and Nichols were expelled from the club, and on December 4th, the National League banned them from professional baseball for life. I didn't know that at all. Like, I know people like Shoeless Joe, I know Pete Rose, I did not know. So Jim Devlin was obviously a top pitcher, and he got banned. I was like, wow, this is a really so interesting story. So then, is this record not, like, in the uh, it's, MLB It still records? counts, I think. Anyway, you got a little bit more to tell us, so tell us about how the things finished up. The Grays franchise folded... After the 1877 season, the four players banned were never re reinstated. Devlin tried to reinstate many times, but was unsuccessful. Devlin joined the Philadelphia Police Department 
and died to tuberculosis in 1883. His 1.9 career ERA is the third lowest of all time among pitchers with at least 100, no, 1,000 innings pitched. I thought you were about to say 100,000 innings pitched. Wait, Dad. That would be pretty impressive. Dad, who's the people before him then? Oh, boy. They probably have like 0.9. No, it won't be as low as that. Um, I want to say, if you're going to put me on the spot and make me guess, I'm going to say Addy Joss is one of them. Who's that? <laughs> it's like a really old picture. Um, I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up. I'll have to look that one Next up. Did episode. you notice the years, though? So, he, he got, he was, um, the team folded in 1877. He died six years later. So, he he died really young anyway. So, even if he had been allowed to play, he wouldn't have continued for much lower, uh, longer anyway. But, yeah, I didn't realize that somebody that, in the RA, in the RA 1.9 is ridiculous. Um, which made me surprised I'd never heard of Jim Dammel. I love it when we find out one thing, and then suddenly we got to start looking at something else, and we get cool stuff. So, I knew you'd like Shohei, but I like this where the exactly story This is exactly why I am good at making this. Uh-huh. Because I... Because Dad says people who I don't know, and then I ask, and then we get we stuff find out for more him. stuff. I'm gonna bet when I see the two names, I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, of course they have a lower ERA. Yep. All right, Saturday night, uh, story three. This could have gone in the first section uh, easily enough, but there is a question I want to ask you at the end. It wasn't this week, so go ahead and tell us about um, tell us about the White Sox game. Okay, Dylan Cease of the White Sox threw eight point two innings. A no-hit ball against the Twins and a 13-0 wins before a 1-1 slider that just got a little too much of the plate gave the American League's leading hitter areas a single. Yeah, so unfortunately he didn't get his no-hitter. Now I would be so annoyed. Now I watched the clip, and I would probably drill him. And you could see the look on his face, like, "Come on, like I got twenty six people, you're not gonna let me at twenty seven. Now, as I was listening to the clip, though, there was a very good comment, and it was kind of related to what you just said. The person who he faced for the no hitter is the American League's leading hitter. Now he wasn't going for a perfect game, so the question they asked was, should he have intentionally walked that guy and then tried the next batter who's not as good? I think they should have. He should have. Yeah, they were like, he, he should have just thrown it really high. Well, you can actually, you don't have to do that anymore. You used to have to, like, the catcher would put his arm out right to the side. He'd throw it so wide that there was no way you could swing at it. Now you can just say, look, I want to give an intentional walk, and then they can just walk to first base. Um, so then you'll go to the umpire and see on it. I don't know how they do it. I think you just say, I want to do an intentional walk, and then they'll just go, okay, go ahead. And they just walk him straight on. But yeah, it seems like a, I hadn't thought of it at the time, but if he's the best hitter in the American league yeah let him walk try and get the guy who's been after him yeah, obviously he's not as good no so i don't know well i didn't look at the stats i'm kind of curious now jj um i wonder what the stats were for the guy who was behind him like it might have been that he was having um he might have been on fire that day though like he might have been five for five so what, it might have been five, it might have been pointless even uh throwing it to him all right i'm trying to pull up the stats right now on mlb.com uh, to see if I can find it. Now, I actually have um, somebody who I like to talk baseball with who's actually a White Sox fan. He was watching that game as well. I was like, oh, <laughs> he already had his tweet ready for, like, the no-hitter, and unfortunately it didn't happen. All right, I got the stats up. So, Arrest was... Um, that was his only hit of the game. 
That might be why he, he was 0 for 3. So that might be why he went for it. Now, the person who was after him, um, well, that, well, Carlos Correa started, but he was 0 for 2. They brought in a pinch hitter, Garlic, who was uh, 0 for 2 as well. Man, why didn't they throw to the guy who was 0 for 2? The guy who was 0 for 2 has a season average of 261. Oh, I think they might have messed up a little bit there. But that could be on all the right. White Sox manager. All right, first of all, just intentionally block him. Uh-huh. Wait, but what if he asked... But what if, like, there were two people on base? Ah, uh, now that's a good question. That, well, that, if that was true, then that commentator made a real gaffe, because you wouldn't have said that. Um, I don't think that that's what happened, but I can't... I'm trying to look for the play-by-play, -play, uh, but I can't actually see it. So First of all, Actually, just... it says team left on base. They only left three people on base in the whole game, so... Oh, oh, sorry, they only left two people on base the whole game. So, at worst, it was runners on first and second, but I don't think that that was the case. So, um, yeah. Alright, I think that's it for this week's episode, JJ. Um, check us out later in that week if you want to listen to um, the third place playoff for the um, uh, Little League World Series. Oh, that's what I meant to put in my notes, I forgot. I never looked to see JJ, who actually won the World Series. Uh, it was like Hawaii, and um, I can't even remember the other team. Um, the reason we didn't review that one was I couldn't record it. That was the problem. And it was like at 3 o'clock. And I was like, if you have lunch, there's no way you're going to be able to eat food at 3 o'clock or that much food. So we recorded this one, and then we watched it over lunchtime. So that's the way it goes. All right, you got any outro music for us, or am I just going to mm -hmm. improvise? You gotcha. Mm -hmm.